to shit. She turned the key and elbowed the door wobbling open. You get her feet. When you run a smokehouse, you'd better get good at shifting limp bodies, but the latest recipient of Chev's half-assed charity proved quite the challenge. Bloody hell, grunted Severard, eyes popping as they manhandled the woman down the stale-smelling corridor, her backside scuffing the boards. What's she made of? Anvils? Anvils? A lighter? groaned Chev through her gritted teeth, waddling from side to side under the dead weight of her, bouncing off the peeling walls. She gasped as she kicked open the door to her office, or the broom cupboard she called an office. She strained with every burning muscle as she hauled the woman up, knocked her limp head on the doorframe as she wrestled her through, then tripped on a mop, and with a despairing squawk, toppled back onto the cot with the woman on top of her. In bed under a redhead was nothing to object to, but Chev preferred them at least partly conscious, preferred them sweeter smelling too, at least when they got into bed. This one stank like sour sweat and rot and the very end of things. That's where kindness gets you, said Severard, chuckling away to himself. Wedged under a mighty weight of trouble. You gonna giggle or help me out, you bastard? snarled Chev, slack springs groaning as she struggled from underneath, then hauled the woman's legs onto the bed, feet dangling well off the end. It wasn't a big bed, but it looked like a child's with her on it. Her ragged coat had fallen open, and the stained leather vest she wore beneath it had got dragged right up. When Chev spent a year tumbling with that travelling show, there'd been a strong man called himself the Amazing Zaraquan though his real name had been Runkin. Used to strip to the waist and oil himself up and lift all kinds of heavy things for the crowd, though once he was off stage and toweled down, you couldn't get the lazy oaf to lift a thimble for you. His stomach had been all jutting knots of muscle, as if beneath his tight-stretched skin he was made of wood rather than meat. This woman's pale midriff reminded Chev of the amazing Zaraquans, but narrower, longer, and even leaner. You could see all the little sinews in between her ribs, shifting with each shallow breath. But instead of oil, her stomach was covered in black and blue and purple bruises. Plus, a great red welt looked like it had been left by a most unfriendly axe handle. Severard whistled softly. They really did give her a beating, didn't they? Aye, they did. Chev knew well enough what that felt like, and she winced as she twitched the woman's vest down, then dragged the blanket up and laid it over her. Tucked it in a little around her neck, though she felt a fool doing it, and the woman mumbled something and twisted onto her side, matted hair fluttering over her mouth as she started to snore. Sweet dreams, Chev muttered, not that she ever got any herself. Wasn't as if she really needed a bed here but when you've spent a few years with nowhere safe to sleep, you tend to make a bed in every halfway safe place you can find. She took the memories off and herded Severard back into the corridor. Best get the doors open. We aren't pulling in so much business we can let it slip by. Folk really after husk at this time in the morning? asked Severard, trying to wipe a smear of the woman's blood off his hand.
If you want to forget your troubles, why live with them till lunchtime? By daylight, the smoking room was far from the alluring little cave of wonders Shev had dreamed of making when she bought the place. She planted her hands on her hips as she looked around and gave that weary sigh again. Fact was, it bore more than a passing resemblance to an utter shithole. The boards were split and stained and riddled with splinters, and the cushions greasy as a bowlish kitchen, and one of the cheap hangings had come away to show the mold-blooming plaster behind. The prayer bells on the shelf were the only things that lent the faintest touch of class, and Chev gave the big one an affectionate stroke, then went up on tiptoe to pin the corner of that hanging back where it belonged, so at least the mold was hidden from her eyes, even if her nose was still well aware of it. The smell of rotten...